everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Built on Hope, a podcast dedicated to talking about Imperial Assault. So today, I am going to be your host, Jessica Gao, and I have with me David Gao and Tom Parrish with me to talk about a pretty cool list building concept, which is building around the card Lie in Ambush. So hi guys, how are you guys doing today? Yeah, I'm good. Not too bad at all. I am also well. Good. (laughs) All right, before we get started, we're going to have some news. Number one is that there has been the first official update to Season 4, so there have been a few different changes made, so check out the ia-continuityproject.com to check out the updates. I will put the link in the show notes. So uh, Verena has got a change, the Built on Hope card for Jin Erso has got a change, the Mortar Troopers have a change, the ISBs, the Trandoshans, and Bosk, and the Mandalorian, and his command card, Whistling Birds, as well. Clan of Two and the Child, IG-11, the Darksaber. So lots of little minor changes to those cards. Check that out at the IACP website. Really exciting news for us over here on the European side. We have our first European IACP Season 4 Playtest Tournament. So the big reason why this is happening is because there are a lot of issues with European players playing in some of the other tournaments because of the starting time. Because it's basically based on U.S. time zone start times, it can go pretty late into the evening for us over here in Europe. So we have now our own European Season 4 Playtest Tournament starting at 9.30 a.m., for GMT plus one. So that's us here in the UK. So it starts at 9.30 a.m. for us over here in the UK. So those of you that are in the US still obviously welcome to join, but the time zones may be a little bit tricky for you. But so that's going to be a one day event uh, running on the 27th of September. And it's booked up for kind of 9.30 to 5 p.m. It's meant to go all day, uh, but we'll kind of see how many people turn up and uh, see how many rounds we end up going to. Also on the IACP website, Noah has put together an article about the playtesting statistics, what he's seen in the first two weeks, so that's pretty interesting to check out as well. Again, all these links in the show notes. There have also been updates to the Vassal mod, the Tabletop Simulator, and the uh, Trivitze's IA Builder app for all of the changes that have been made for the new Season 4 update. So just make sure that you have the most current version for those apps that you use. 
Also, very excitingly, David has produced a new song for you on the Built on Notes YouTube. If you haven't seen it before, go check that out. It is where David produces some parody songs based on Star Wars. So currently, we have a new one that is a parody of a song from the Eurovision Song Contest film that has just recently been out. So check that out. We'll have a little bit of a teaser for you at the end of the episode. So that's it for news for this episode, and we'll jump right in to our discussion of Line Ambush. David has played around with some fun lists using the Line Ambush card that he really wanted to talk about. And Tom, have you tried out some as well? Toyed around with it a couple of times. I, I never managed to get anything particularly clever out of it, but thankfully David is far cleverer than I am and has some much more interesting thoughts. I think he just likes to try funny things, so that's also in his favor in this particular case. <laughs> card is great. I mean, just looking at it, and it made me so excited. All right, so we're going to start off first with discussing what does the card do? So Lion Ambush is a one-point skirmish upgrade card. It is an attachment that you attach to a deployment. It is for non-massive, non-unique figures only. Before deployment, set one of your groups aside out of play and attach this to it. This group does not deploy during deployment. After an opponent activates a group, if you have three or more exhausted or defeated groups and it is not the first round, deploy this group to any deployment zone. So that's kind of the card speak. But David, can you tell us what does that actually mean? What does that card actually do? So basically, you set one of your deployments aside at the start of the game. It doesn't start anywhere on the board. And then at some point in round two, it pops up in any deployment zone after your opponent has performed an activation. So this is actually kind of tricky to play around with in a normal list. And I think that leads to a whole bunch of weaknesses that we can we can try to try to maybe list together, I guess. Yeah, it's very particular in exactly when it goes off. So it specifically cannot happen in the first round. So it has to be in the second round and three or more exhausted or defeated groups. So it's very, very particular timing. Yeah, and it's it's not a may, right? So it's you just have to do it. Yeah, exactly. And your opponent knows knows that it's coming. They know what you've got coming and they know when it's going to appear. Another I think big weakness in normal lists for this is that if you're having something lie in ambush, you're losing one of your activations, right? And we've talked about previously how having more activations is really good because you can try to go for that last activation into a first activation swing when you have initiative. But Lion Ambush actively works against you being able to do that. Right. Now, we've talked then about some of the weaknesses. Tom, do you have any other weaknesses you can think of for why this might be very tricky to pull off? So I, I played a game against an opponent recently, actually, IACP Season 3, um, who was using Lion Ambush. Oh no, sorry, season four, because he was using Elite Trand Oceans. And he had this on one of his 
uh, groups of elite foundations, which was kind of scary for me as I was running Java, which I'm sure we'll explain why that's scary in a moment. But I happened to have strength in numbers in hand. And so because of the timing window about what line ambush actually allows you to do, strength in numbers is an incredibly good card to have in your hand if you're seeing line ambush across the table because whilst the figures from line ambush deploy after three or more activations they don't necessarily activate so if you can play strength in numbers after your activation once those line ambush figures have deployed you get your strength in numbers activation before the line ambush figures are allowed to activate oh i had not thought of that that's a really really good point yeah this works with stuff like squad swarm as well the, the other chain activation abilities. Yeah, it stops them from being able to just deploy and then go, which is kind of one of the big strengths of Lion Ambush. Right. Obviously, not every list is going to run strength in numbers, and not every, not every time you're going to have pulled it in time. So it's not it's not the biggest weakness in the world, but it, it can make a big difference mm-hmm. if, if, it, if your opponent happens to have it. Yes, another big weakness as well is just right on the card. It's only specifically for non-massive, non-unique figures only. So you can't have anything super scary really show up. Like you can't have your Vader lying in ambush. <laughs> that would be crazy obviously. So although there are some funny things about when you play it, how you control when that happens, there are some really big strengths and that's why it still gets used. So David, what are the main strengths for Line Ambush? Why have you decided to start playing around with it? Well, I think the the biggest strength is that you can pop up in their back line and kind of try to pick off whatever you want so tom tom mentioned he had java so you you can just appear and start deleting java Mm -hmm. or anyone who's running a lot of support characters like that gideon 3po r2 the rebel trio you can take them out pretty easy i think there are a lot of strengths of lion ambush that don't actually become apparent until you've addressed a lot of the weaknesses though Mm mm-hmm which which is really interesting to work with. So, you know, you, you can pop up from behind and you can kind of shoot at stuff. But what it also does is it forces your opponent to think a lot about what's going to happen when your Lion Ambush unit appears. And remember that you don't have to put them back there either. Mm-hmm. You can just put them in your deployment zone and have them, you know, activate and, and run up as as usual right and i like that flexibility between that you can choose which deployment zone to put them into because it might be that let's say your opponent runs up into your deployment zone which i have seen happen in matches before it is actually nice to be able to then support your own units for defending your own deployment zone as well as having the flexibility to choose the opponent's deployment zone as well yeah, I definitely remember a game where Alistair ran his IG all the way around the map into my deployment zone to try to take out Jabba, and my lion ambush popped up to to ambush the IG that was ambushing me. Hmm. It's a really interesting card. I'm not sure it's necessarily a strength, but just a thing worth mentioning is that the, whilst it is limited to non-massive and non-unique, that isn't that isn't that limiting. There's, there are so many things you can lose Lion Ambush on. Mm-hmm. Things that, you know, it, it's, it's a nice way to be able to make up for some of the weaknesses in some of the other deployments. I mean, the one that comes to mind for me is something like Wookiee Warriors, who spend their entire game running across the board to try and get to your opponent. You know, being able to just drop them in the back line of your opponent, you know, especially like 
David said, if they're running a lot of support units who kind of want to hang around their terminal, maybe, which then keeps them within the four spaces that you want really run in and kind of dish the damage out it can be really it can be really useful yeah so i think definitely it helps out certain units that you might not necessarily play because one of the weaknesses might be their speed for example so if you have a unit that has a really hard time getting into the back line which you would want them to be there line ambush is a nice option and i think it is also worth pointing out that it does attach to a whole unit so for example if you had a squad of three that that applies to the whole squad so you can drop in three figures so you could have lion ambush rangers for example which is really nasty and i've seen them done why don't we just jump right into building a list around lion ambush and how we make it scary let's do it a lot of people have probably played around with it um last season before iacp actually in the official ffg season i was also playing lion ambush lists and the way i started thinking about it was to just look at all of the apparent weaknesses and and try to figure out what you can do with them to make it interesting right so one of the, the weaknesses we said is that after an opponent activates a group, if you have three or more exhausted or defeated groups, and it is not the first round, you have to deploy, right? So this can be really tricky because if they defeat one of your groups, suddenly you might have to drop your line ambush. Or if you have a lot of activations, it just gets a little awkward. So the first first thing I did was I trimmed my list all the way down to four activations. Uh, to kind of go for four act lion ambush and if you do this you only have three activations on the board to begin with um, they can kill them it doesn't really matter you know that the timing window for when you're supposed to drop your lion ambush unit will be the very last activation of round two because you can pass until your opponent uh, has no more activations remaining mm-hmm and I think, I think this actually gets around the strength in numbers or squad swarm issues that Tom was talking about before, because if they don't have anything to chain into anymore, um, then they can't play those cards to try to kill your lion ambush figures, right? Nice. Yeah, so with the trimming the deployments, your activations down, it does allow you to really control that last first swing so that you have control over it versus that's one of the problems with line ambush is that it it's not a may like we've discussed it absolutely happens at that time and so you're then controlling when that happens you can push that off until the end of the round because you have that ability to pass if you have low activations yeah and i i know that uh, a lot of players you know will will fight for this activation bid you know having more activations than their opponents and i figure if you're gonna take lion ambush and handicap yourself by one anyways you might as well go all the way in the other direction <laughs> so so all the effort they put into having more activations is is kind of um overspent as as they say and as a kind of an interesting bonus then is that the activations you do have are going to be very strong Right. Right. Certainly, one of those things I've, we talked about it previously with these some kind of these very low activation lists. There's a different kind of power that comes from having very low activations. 
And certainly if you actually face lists with very high activations and very low activation lists, it kind of works in your advantage. Whilst your opponent might have more activations, support activations, which they tend to be when they have these very high activation lists, they force they force your opponent to use those things and put them in places where they have to put kind of where they want to use them before you even have to decide anything about what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we've discussed this with Noah about how the information advantage, if you can wait to do your activations until you have more information, that's a big strength. So you can basically see what your opponent is going to do and have more information when you activate your list. Yeah, so should we go ahead and give a couple list examples? Yeah, let's do it, because it definitely does not work for everything. Definitely not. (laughs) Okay, so the, the first list that we'll talk about as kind of an example is the one I was running before IACP, so this list is actually from quite a long time ago now, but it is called Blazing Ambush. So it it runs IG-88, Hondo, Jabba, Alliance Rangers, Black Market, Lion Ambush, Temporary Alliance, and Focused on the Kill. So it, it is actually only IG, Hondo, and Jabba on the board at the start of the game. And you have a huge group of Alliance Rangers dropping in later on. You may notice that it's actually 39 points. So I've tried to turn this activation disadvantage into a last activation, first activation swing. Because if you have 39 points, you will start with initiative. During in, in our meta, I think you're, you're almost sure to start with initiative because most people are playing 40 points. And even if someone uh, is playing devious scheme, yes, devious schemes, <laughs> they force you to start with initiative, right? Because all, all of our kind of current knowledge thinks that having initiative is not good. Mm-hmm. First round. Right. Um, the thing with Lion Ambush four act lists is that you only have three activations on the board. So there's no way you're getting last activation anyways, right? Until round two, where you will for sure have the last activation because you can drop your line ambush group after your opponent's final activation of the round. And with 39 points, that means you start with initiative in round one. In round two, your opponent gets initiative, uh, which doesn't really matter. And then in round three, it comes back to you. So in in this list, you have the last activation in round two, and you get the first activation in round three. Now, in in order to really lean into this, I'm actually not even running take initiative because there is no point in the game until round four where I I would play it. But I do have both negation and comms disruption, which really increases the chance of uh, canceling out their take initiative in round three. Mm-hmm. Which would be utterly devastating yeah. if they managed to get it off. Yeah, it would break your point of your list. Well, it it does sometimes. I mean, because you, you can see, you know, where you're going to put your your rangers at the end of round two as well. If you If you think they might have take and you don't have these cards, you can play it a little more conservatively, right? Mm-hmm. And it, there's a lot of card draw in this in this list, so I'll just go over the command cards really quick. 
uh, assassinate black market prices blaze of glory celebration change of plans comms disruption concentrated fire element of surprise negation planning positioning advantage primary target provoke ready weapons and tools for the job so the more experienced and perhaps you know very quick thinkers might have realized there are basically only two types of command cards in this deck there there is none of the finesse you know strength in numbers or to the limit tricks that you might normally expect in a scum deck it's only pure damage um, and this is because alliance rangers don't actually do a lot of damage when they're unfocused so all all of the things like assassinate tools primary target concentrated fire positioning advantage ready weapons it's all just to get more damage out during that very limited amount of time you have and the rest of the command cards they're all about card draw canceling that uh, third round take initiative and there are a couple more just to trick out uh, chained activations so there's a blaze of glory but there is also a a change of plans so that means at the end of round two, you can Blaze of Glory to reactivate IG and then change of plans him into activating your Rangers twice instead. Aha. Uh-huh. If you have them in a good position in the back line. Right. And that's because they both share the Hunter trait, isn't it? Ex- exactly. And and people are scared of IG, right? They'll they'll try to keep him away. They They won't run up to him because they think you might have Blaze and he'll do horrible things to you. But he can use Blaze here without actually shooting anything himself, which is great. And then you also have something um, in in Provoke, which lets you soft chain another activation of some sort in round three after the Rangers have gone. So this this could be IG or something. So you you have a ton of back-to-back incredibly powerful activations. You've also drawn a huge number of cards by the time your first activation of round three happens. Mm-hmm. Right, so you have uh, Jabba, you've got Black Market, and in the deck there's Black Market prices and planning. So the, the idea is you get as many cards as you can, and then in between round two and round three, you unload everything and basically try to win the game. Yeah, excellent. Because the Rangers are a really good choice for Lion Ambush because there's three of them in the unit. So you get three attacks off. And if you manage to do the swing, that's six attacks. And with this particular list, if you manage to pull off the Blaze of Glory change of plans trick, that's nine shots, right? Yeah, it is. It is huge, especially with things like, you know, the usual hunter cards and primary target concentrated fire in there. Right. And I think it's nice to combo the Lion Ambush unit with IG because IG is scary, but he does go down pretty easily. So you have to be very careful about his positioning, right? You don't want to kind of run him up. But if you have this kind of Lion Ambush unit that you can throw into the enemy deployment, you can kind of pincer the opponents, right? Because then the opponent is like, okay, I don't want to run up to IG, but at the same time, I don't want to hang back for the line ambush coming into my deployment. So it makes uh, the opponent's job a bit more difficult with positioning. 
Yeah, you try to try to sandwich them between whatever is coming from their deployment and what you've set up in front. So I think I actually played this list at a regional. So how did this list do, David? The list itself, I think it was about 50-50. Mm-hmm. The problem, of course, is that the entire archetype was totally new. So I had to adjust a lot of command cards. And playing three activations is super awkward if you've, if you've not done it. I, I don't think I was playing it as well as I could have. But it still did fairly well. And the games that I did lose, they were usually, you know, one or two pointers. So very close. So definitely a viable list. Yeah, I think there were maybe half of the games I won. It just did spectacularly. If you ever run against other Alliance Rangers, kind of normal normal Han Rangers style lists, or something like Double Weakways... I think both of those games that I remember at the end end of round two, I started my my activation tricks and and my blazing ambush change of plans. And after I had gone first again in round three, my opponent had no more combat units. It was just Whoa. gone, like one hundred to zero. You know, all Weequay's dead, Onar dead. There, there's nothing left because you have so many shots. Yeah. Did you not find that your opponents were trying to kind of, are they not really taken on board exactly how this was going to work? I mean, I assume that you didn't explain it to them, because why would you? <laughs> Do you know, I actually did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's all a lot of the same guys we usually play with. They hadn't taken on board that they needed to get away from their deployment zone, because if they can, I assume if they can move stuff such that they're not shootable within four movement of your deployment zone or their own deployment zone that you kind you kind of get to waste that first activation moving into position yeah so the the problem is that they do tend to leave something at the terminal either way so i there were a couple of games where i had to give up some of the ranger shots but they they'll move four maybe one or two of them will shoot but then you still have probably two more full ranger activations to go and I think the part of the thing is that a lot of your damage is actually in card resources and not in the ranger shots themselves, right? You only have so many assassinates tools, you know, concentrated fires and, and things. So there, there were other cards I was looking to put in, like focus and uh, ready, ready weapons. And those actually worked really well because if you can chain so many so many ranger activations in a row you actually stop caring about ranger actions that that isn't your bottleneck right your bottleneck yeah once they're in position they're in position yeah you're exactly the the bottleneck is when when you're playing against someone who's got you know a ton of defense and and vader and lots of black dice you know just shooting them more with rangers doesn't help you need the other other cards this list basically was built to take apart the the ffg kind of smuggler hunter sniper meta or or victory point meta even but right around that time at least in the uk we started getting a bit more of the uh defensive list types and i i did find that when you if you did run against something that was very defensively focused it really struggled to put damage through you just didn't have enough in the end and it it would be really close a lot of the times so you just if you don't roll well enough you're just that little bit short and then everything dies because you only have you know, four figures that, that shoot anyways. Yeah, exactly. Because with the low activation count, you're really relying on your few shots that you have to really count. Yeah, exactly. I, I was hoping that perhaps 
if Lion Ambush can make it itself, you know, a bit more prominent in the meta, it can change this balance of everybody running these support figures. Mm, that's a good point, right? Yeah, so it does really struggle with things like Vader's. You don't really want to be using your Lion Ambush uh, Rangers for Vader unless he's already really weakened and has run back. That could be a good choice. But yeah, it does really threaten the support package. Yeah, and I, I remember one of the earlier IACP games I had played against George, actually. So he he was running Vader with uh, with Elite Royal Guards. So I, by the time you're listening to this, I mean, Royal Guards have obviously been nerfed already. But I dropped... I dropped rangers, I triple activated them, and I spent all my cards, and I only put something like four damage into Vader and killed one royal guard. That was basically game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was pretty brutal. All right, David, do you have another list you wanted to talk about? Okay, so I've I've also continued on playing four-act line ambush in IACP. Actually, the most recent game I played was, was today, where instead of going all in on a multi-activation combo like the alliance rangers with with ig change of plans i focused more on the other half of the list so there's basically the two parts of the lion ambush list right the part that starts on the board and you you use it to push your opponent into their deployment zone and then you have your lion ambush units that that shoot them from behind in the latest season of of iscp this is in the testing league there was a pretty big buff to the eweb the elite e-webs they shoot with three dice they've got a plus two damage surge and they they have assault so they can shoot twice which makes them a really good shooter for the amount of points that they're worth so five points for the elite e-web plus one point for lion ambush and i i still play with the 39 point list so effectively i'm thinking of lion ambush as a two point card you know you put the one one point card in and then you have to bid another but that that's only seven points and that leaves a huge huge amount of points for the rest of the, the list Un- unlike my scum list where alliance rangers are 12 plus one for temporary alliance plus one for lion ambush and then plus one for the bid so in in this list i was actually able to fit vader along with two sets of jets i love me some jets and vader yeah and a, a vader and double jets i think is is a full list on itself right everything else was support for them anyways in in the lists that were running that many jets so you you have almost an entire normal beefy empire list coming straight at you and then you've got the the lion ambush eweb that just pops up and shoot, shoots a lot <laughs> this is kind of interesting because like the eweb is quite large but it is not massive so it it does hit really hard you have that really big rainbow attack and the lion ambush is a nice option for the eweb because of its slow speed it's only speed three right something like that yeah and so one of its biggest weaknesses especially before the new rework in iacp is that it's just so slow so you spend like your whole activations for the first round possibly even into round two just getting it into some sensible position and and then it doesn't become so useful 
But with the lion ambush option, that becomes really nasty. It also has a big problem where you can't move and shoot. Right. That makes it really hard to use a lot of the time. So there, there are some some cool options using its new attachment card in IACP as well, which I haven't played around with. But if you can drop the E-Web into their back line and get two shots off with it, that's very good already. And because you start with initiative, which normally you might think is bad, you can actually try to pick the deployment zone where you you know when the e-web comes out, it's most likely able to shoot something or it covers an area that you don't want them to be in. Nice. So I, I find that really interesting because you're using the threat of a potential unit to change how your opponent is playing, right? Because if you were to put down your E-Web at the beginning or, or even pick where it goes at the beginning, they could play around it much more easily. But if it could go on any side of their deployment zone or, or whatever, it adds a huge amount of area that suddenly becomes very dangerous that they've got to think about. And you don't actually even have to think about it at all until you're you're dropping your E-Web. Right, but they have to think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think the psychological and mental pressure is not to be underestimated for a tactic like this. Yeah, so that list when when I was playing it, I would basically get jets up into, you know, line of sight safe positions and and I would have Vader choke and stay as safe as as he could because no one in their right mind is going to run at a parting blow Vader, right? And I it's pretty clear I had a parting blow Vader because I had all of the one point upgrades. You know, I had the unshakable. You know, I had extra armor on everybody. I, I had the rule by fear. I had doubt. So you just blunt their attack. You armor everybody up, and then you just move up slowly without giving them any shots. Tell us about your command card choices. Uh, so the command cards for this deck were actually pretty straightforward for the most part. It's really hard to fit what you need in there if you are running Parting Blow Vader, because you've got the two Parting Blows, the Dark Energy, and the uh, Looking for a Fight, and then the Negation comes Disruption. And then at, at that point, it's really, you know, which of the Trooper or Vehicle cards that you want to put in. You can't have them all anymore. The choices are Grenadier, you know, Fuel Upgrade, Overrun, Concentrated Fire. I, I was actually talking to Alistair, you know, about five minutes before my game, arguing with him about which one which one was was best uh provoke i kept in there actually which is great even with the e-web e and call the vanguard helped a lot so great yeah because that's the only way the e-web can move and shoot if you've dropped your e-web it shoots a couple of times you call the vanguard it moves and shoots and then you have initiative again then it double shoots You've got five e-web shots in a row, which is really good. Oh, that's nasty. Now, the tough thing, though, for this compared to your other list that you're talking about, though, is that you don't have the card draw available, right? So you can't guarantee that you're going to get all of the cards that you want. That's true. I was still playing planning. Mm -hmm. And you, you do get one more from rule by fear. So I was playing planning without having any figures that you really want to play planning with. Mm -hmm. Tom probably already realized this. I just used it on a jet. I mean, just seeing two more cards. If you really want that negation or comms disruption, I feel it's still worth it. If, if you need combos, yeah. then it's, it's 
it's worth it. And I, I did not put in take initiative. Uh, recently, I played a game with Tom where I had take initiative and I just looked at my list and had no clue what I would even try to exhaust with it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there was any support at all, was there? There was no support in your list. No, that that one was, was awkward. Yeah. So in, in this list, I dropped take entirely. Yeah, because what are you going... You don't have your 3PO or officer to take the hit. Yeah, exactly. But this list does really well. In the game I played today, the E-Web drop managed to kill an AT-RT, and then the E-Web threw a grenade, which did three damage to a smuggler, a ranger, and 3PO. Oof. And then it kills 3PO um, later on as well. So it... It just murdered everything back there. And the ATRT was already so many points that it made back its value. I think the the biggest thing about having this sort of strategy built into your list is that you don't feel pressured to make plays in round two. I don't I don't know if both of you have the same feeling, but in a normal game of Imperial Assault, <laughs> when I look at the board in round two. After everything's been focused up or and, and the initial positions have, have been taken, I always feel a pressure to make something happen, you know? Yeah. You, you want to shoot someone, you want to surprise them with an urgency, something like that. I completely agree. Round two is where I would say the normal version of the game, let's not include what you're talking about with Lion Ambush, round two is where kind of the game is won or lost most of the time. Yeah. Because if you can get to a point in round two where your opponent just doesn't have enough attacks left on the board to wipe what you have left, then you've probably won. Yeah. In this in this case, though, what I was doing is only setting things up to punish when my opponent would make any kind of move. And that puts a lot of pressure on them, right? So if, if they run someone out, they need to get a really good kill, or all my, all my jets are going to pop out, shoot them, and, and then go back at no risk to me. How did you find jets in the current meta? Because I've having played against them a few times now, I've found their their punch is significantly weaker than I remember it from I standard days. To be perfectly honest, I think the E-Webs did most of the work in my games. I do remember a jet finishing off a ranger that had already taken three damage. And Vader was basically just running around choking people. They didn't need to kind of get in there and trade damage for damage because all they had to do was keep my opponent bottled up until the E-Web came in blazing with its call the vanguard and, and activation swings. And then they can go in and mop up. And I think that's a big difference. So I'm, I'm not sure how they would do if they actually went in there in the style of a normal Imperial beef list. So you were kind of using them more to force your opponent's positioning. It's kind of using them more as a threat rather than actually having them do the work. Yeah, I mean, I think I would have preferred to have two units of elite Trandoshans. <laughs> they, they cost a couple points more, so I, I went with the jets. Yeah, and the mobile is really nice. Yeah, exactly. The, the mobile is really what let them easily pop out and punish things and then hop back into cover. One of the things that we haven't really discussed on the card that I think is important is the forward emplacement ability, the first ability on the card, which lets you gain movement points equal to your speed when you're deployed. Oh, right! So that doesn't stop you from using your tripod ability. The tripod that says you may only attack or exit your space so meaning that you can't move and shoot doesn't trigger off a forward emplacement because it's when you deploy it's not during your activation so you do get three movement points worth of 
placement outside of your deployment zone to try and get that e-web into position to then make this ridiculous play of six shots from every yellow. So what's what's interesting to note is that most terminals are within three spaces of their their deployment, which makes R2 sort of usable. <laughs> so that means the eWeb's actually quite likely to be able to get get over there and mess around with that, even ignoring the shooting. What is really awkward though is in some of the missions. So we, we've got a battle at dawn right now in the map rotation. And when when the eWebs drop, they'll actually still have minus two accuracy. Which gives them a guaranteed of two. Yes, which gives them a guaranteed accuracy of two. So you you kind of really need to be careful where you put them. Yeah, that that is kind of a double-edged sword. I mean, it, it makes it really easy for Vader and whoever you've got with them to push up, but then it makes it really hard for the eWeb to shoot anything when it when it appears. I actually think that this version of your list of kind of the line ambush idea is going to be super highly dependent on maps. That's what I was thinking as well. Yeah, I think the whole line ambush concept itself is very map dependent, right? Can you get into any positioning to be able to shoot from that deployment without having to spend your surprise activation just moving. Yeah, so it, it really helps if the terminal is just in direct line of sight of the deployment zone, which it is in, in a couple of the maps we've got now. And it really helps that Lethal Wastes is gone. Oh god, yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, that one's really horrible for the for the Lion Ambush. With Blitz, what are you gonna do? They they've already run, you know, thirteen spaces away or something. And getting out of your deployment zone. An interline of sight is incredibly difficult. Yeah, so I, I think depending on maps, it could really hurt the the eWebs. But there are a lot of good options you can try to include in there, um, in in the four act list still that do really well. So I, I've been thinking a lot about elite sentries also. I have seen them used in some lion ambush lists with great effect, especially because they have the option to do multiple attacks. So if you can get them into a decent position and you have targets that you can shoot at you can get off four shots that's really nice yeah that's huge that's that's how the sentry droids output the most damage if you can get into a position where you can happily use the elite sentry droids to use their their double shots the damage output is massive yeah and then consider the swing as well eight shots that's that's nasty mm-hmm. well maybe maybe one more also with the maybe 12 shots you know that's that's a lot of shots but yeah that's many dice many dice i I would suppose if that's the kind of the the best version of it how how do you feel about spies and their ability to kind of neuter what you're going to do to get those really big swings they are really nasty against the the scum version but against the imperial version i don't really care i mean you want to run spies that's fine you still have vader and and four four beef units coming at you, depending on what you put in there with him, right? That's true, because usually the trade-off with spies is that whilst they have the ability to deal with your hand of command cards, they tend to trade it for lower firepower. Yeah, exactly. So I, I really like this Imperial variant because you're investing so little in the line ambush drop, but its impact is huge. I mean, potentially five uh, E-Web shots with a provoke to, to mess around with their first activation is just ridiculous for a five-point unit. It gives your opponent a lot of things to have to worry about. Like, you have to worry about Vader. 
jets are still going to be a problem, especially with their mobile. And then to also then have to worry about this lion ambush e-web, it, it gives your, your opponent some tough choices to make. Yeah, I think the reality of this list is even if you completely screw up playing the e-web drop, which is a little bit complicated, there are a lot of choices to, to make there. That's okay. I mean, you still have a full imperial list with two copies of extra armor making life miserable for for whoever you're playing that was going to be my other question so a lot of the conversation certainly some of the conversation that we've been kind of having in the icp kind of community is about whether defense and defense stacking and this kind of thing is is too powerful it's too much of an, an obstacle for a whole host of lists to get over if that kind of defense stacking were to weaken somehow, whether it be getting rid of extra armor or changing how Zillow works, all those kinds of things, does that list suffer quite hard? Because your ability to keep those, I mean, at the end of the day, you do only have five figures and whilst the jets are okay, you can get through jets with stuff fairly swiftly if you focus. I think you you can get through them. The thing is, I didn't actually have to use them to fight much. I think at the at the end of the game I played today, the jets still had five block tokens on them or more by the end of end of the game. I'm I'm thinking of things like end of round 1, Ahsoka jumps in, maybe manages to get one of them with a command card and then the next round manages to get another one at the beginning of round 2 with another command card. Kind of is that is that then are you in a place where you're worried at that point? That depends if Ahsoka dies or not, I guess. <laughs> if she dies, I guess that's all right. I mean, Jets are seven points. I think the the tricky thing is that this is an Imperial beef list. So anytime your opponent has to trade something, a combat unit for something of yours that's equal in point value, if they've got support, that's not good for them. That's true. Yeah, your depth of roster is insane, right? Yeah, because all of your units are combat units. There's no supporting padding there where if you lose your figures, it weakens your offense. Like you, all of your guys are still capable of fighting. Yeah, you, you need to murder every single every single last trooper. <laughs> this is actually an idea that I've been thinking about for a little while about what happens when you drop all the support, when you just focus your entire list around attacking. So for rebels, that means losing you know, a load of stuff. And maybe maybe we'll do an episode thinking about that kind of idea. What happens when you just drop all the support? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you can get quite far in IACP because there are so many self-focusing figures, focus on attack, and so many figures that can kind of get by without having a focus. That's very true. I played a game, I proved to someone that Han was still grossly overpowered, and I came up with a whole list and started playing the game, and I haven't played Rebels for a very long time. And I started focusing things up, and I got to a point where I started attacking, and I went, wait a minute, Diala focuses herself. Why have I given her a focus token? <laughs> and when Loku shoots the thing that he's targeted, he gets a focus, so he doesn't need a focus token either. And I found that I was just making all kinds of silly little mistakes because I haven't played them in a while. But yes, there are so many figures in Rebels now that self-focus. But that, as, as a concept, that kind of removing the support aspect of your list may well now be viable. And I think what's actually a little bit scary is um, you can run multiple queens in a four act lion ambush it, it fits very well so, certainly when the lion ambush is only costing you seven points exactly that kind of terrifies me uh, i don't i don't know so what 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 queen pieces would you put into a, a four act queen lion ambush i like boba fett and vader working together <laughs> the, the problem is that boba fett does go down eventually and he is particularly susceptible to weaken so is it suppressing fire the, one of the newer cards last, last season maybe the ability to just throw out a weaken on boba fett really does hurt him 
Yeah, I think that that list would be quite fun to play. But of of course, Lion Ambush isn't only found in in four activation lists. I think it's really really good in four act, but it it is a little let's say meme. <laughs> so before we leave your four activation lists, then just as a question for you, do you think that if you could get say three or four people convinced that this list was was worth trying and was actually quite quite powerful that you could you could dominate the meta? Do you think this is kind of to use a word that I kind of hate, is it broken? It's a good question. I think it would warp the meta quite a lot if you got enough people playing it. I mean, just just the fact that it counters support quite well. But I, th- I think a lot of that effect would be because people aren't used to playing against it. So I, I played a couple of games against Dan Dan Luffman, who beat me by a couple of points every time. And he, he just had all of the most annoying things for Lion Ambush. And there, there's stuff like Onar's extra protection. So if you just clog up your deployment exit with with Jabba, for example, <laughs> you put Onar behind him, and you deploy and there's nothing you can shoot without triggering a focused Onar running in and shooting one of your other rangers. That's terrible, right? Mm. Yeah. So what kind of matchups work really well against line ambush lists and which matchups kind of fall down? I, I would say anything really support heavy would struggle. Any Anything with few attackers, because if the Lion Ambush drops and you can get off a couple of good kills, then they lose too much of their offensive power, right? And if they only have a couple of attackers, it's also really hard for them to try to cover the uh, Lion Ambush deployment zone area, as well as the, the actual battlefront where say vader and a bunch of jets are coming in with extra armor and fuel upgrade and all of this stuff right yeah i'm i don't know how strong it is because it plays so differently but i do think it would change you know what what is viable i mean these lists with 15 points of support or something would would start to feel really weak to just being shot on deploy. So are there, are there any other figures, just figures, rather than this kind of four activation list idea, are there any figures that you think are particularly nice with Lion Ambush just to be played kind of what you might call the way the, the way that Lion Ambush was intended to be played? I think the Elite Trandos are pretty good, but that's just because the Elite Trandos are really good. I certainly, I, I've been thinking recently about whether you could make something really nice with an Elite Nexu. because if you can manage to hold off using beast tamer your opponent's ability to run away from a beast tamered nexu is basically zero because they cover such a huge amount of the board anyway so if you're sitting there on a pummel to the limit you can drop your nexu in the back line move six with beast tamer pounce to the limit pummel get three attacks cleave six three different bleed targets huge huge damage horrible thing so i i love the idea of nexu with them i think they're quite quite horrible I think they they can try to get away next round too, maybe. <laughs> Beast tamered Nexu that's lying in ambush that you could threaten a large amount of the map. Yeah, a lot of those counter strategies just wouldn't work of kind of running away and trying to hide because nine essentially nine spaces. Well, it's ten spaces, isn't it? Because of the way that the Nexu pounces, ten spaces is a long way. 
And I think we talked about uh, the sentries already. Yeah, the sentries, I think, work really well because they have that possibility of doing multiple attacks. That's really nice. There was another one. So b- before I you know, got obsessed with four activation lists, I was playing Lion Ambush regular weekways. Mm. This was more of an arms race against the, the Lothcat trade-up because Lothcats go really far so they can hit something that you've left a little bit forward. So I thought, okay, what if I just put a two-point figure way back there that runs up and, and trades itself for something worth a lot more points? And the the cheapest and most reliable way to do that is actually not an elite weak way. It's just a regular weak way pirate. I suppose because they don't they don't lose a whole lot, do they? One damage. Yeah, I mean, there's still two green die. They, they just run up. You can still play all of the hunter cards. Uh, so you can trade him for, I don't know, something like... Uh, Gideon even mm. if you if you've got celebration and you've you've done price on their heads and, and all of this it it might even still be worth it I mean I, I like the sound of that it sounds great to me for uh maybe dealing with a very cagey harm player mm. the ability to drop in the back line and go okay well I'm not going to do loads of damage but I can re-roll your white dice so that hopefully you get very little defense and if I can put five or six damage on you maybe more with some hunter cards I'd consider that a big win and then they're so so cheap and you've got two two weak ways, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, you can put them both over there, or uh, if they're really sacrificial, you can, I think you can even split them up. Since the, the Lion Ambush says you can put them in any deployment, you can put one in your opponent's deployment, and you can put one back in yours. Oh, something to think about. Yeah, so in Lion Ambush with larger squads gives you a bit more flexibility because then you can you have more positioning possibilities there. Yeah. So I think uh Alistair had played around a lot with the Claudite mm. trying to make it work because it it has that extra knife attack with the red dice. But I think the issue with the Claudite then is that you lose that senator buffing round right if they're lying in ambush they're not handing out tokens so you i think i think the problem is that you're overpaying a little bit for that yeah i don't think the claudites quite quite make the grade no it's a real shame because I, I really like the idea the idea is being able to shift shape and kind of tailor your your activation in, in the given round to what you need but i think that that senator form is just a little bit too uh unpredictable in terms of what it's going to give you mm-hmm. yeah yeah, but the reg- regular weak ways in a normal list, I think lying in ambush are, are fun. I like those re-rolls. They're, they're very reliable. Makes a huge difference. I mean, the last thing you want to do is drop something in your opponent's back line with a shot and then just get beaten to death by... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, by Jabba and, and Jawas and stuff. <laughs> get bullied to death by Jabba. Oh, shameful. Yeah. All right, any last things? Any last parting thoughts? Line Ambush is fun. Do it. Try it. Yeah, Line Ambush is, is really fun. Yeah. Definitely give it a try. But if, if everybody tries it, the 39-point bid stops working. <laughs> <laughs> My lists are only good if I'm the only one doing them. Oh, well, maybe you shouldn't have made a podcast episode on it, too. <laughs> I think Lion Ambush is a really interesting card. It was really cool when it first came out. I mean, it's still cool, but it was really cool when it first came out just because it did something that no other mechanic in the game allowed you to do. It's not something like extra armor, you know, that's fine. It gives you four damage tokens, but lots of things, uh, four block tokens, but lots of things give you four block tokens. But Lion Ambush does something truly unique and really does give you kind of some really different tactical options. 
as to how you're going to play it. You know, when David looked at it and saw that he could break it, he did, you know. I like that part about it because it's not straightforward. It's not just straightforwardly good, right? There are quite a few nuances where you have to really play around like that how the timing works you have to really be careful about that so I think that's what makes it such an interesting and fun card for that reason whereas like extra armor can't say it's a fun card right like it it does what it does it's just straightforwardly good Mm -hmm. yeah definitely a lion ambush is is very fun I do hope we'll get more strange stuff like this in the future well listeners if anyone has any fun lion ambush list that they want to discuss you can definitely find us on the Zion's Finest Slack or on the IACP Discord. Tell us about your interesting Lion Ambush lists. We'd be loving to hear about them. Well, thanks everyone for listening and we'll catch you on the next one. Good night. Bye guys. Mandalorian Empire tried to cage us but we roam free Until I found you and you saved me Forgot about the credits, I'll do what's right You're about to see how the Mando fights You were the one they wanted, you'll be the one I freed And on and on and on and on Let's stick together, we can help each other as a clan of two Back on Navarro, Mandalorian stick to the sky above And when we Somewhere someone tonight will meet Death from above Death from above Death from above I was happy sneaking round in the shadows along with the spies Surrounded by guildies, all bounty hunters for hire but, but, but then I turned round and I noticed the child With an innocent smile Swift as the wind, he was gone But I can't turn away this time You were the one I wanted, you'll be the one I freed And on and on and on and on Let's stick together, we can help each other as a clan of two Back on Navarro, Mandalorian, stick to the sky above And when we soar, there's nowhere to run Somewhere, someone tonight will meet death from above Somewhere, someone tonight will meet death from above Somewhere, someone tonight will meet Death from a bomb. This is the wave. <laughs>